Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Boom! <laughs> yes! We're talking about the fear of the Lord today, so I thought it was a great way to start things off. Hey, listen, um, a couple weeks ago, we had, we had the privilege of having Everett and Evelyn here last week. What a blessing. Love them so much. Um, but I, two weeks ago, we talked about humility and how vital it is. I, I, I do want to start here and remind you that uh, our services are available online. If you miss a Sunday, pick it up. Don't just miss a Sunday. No excuse anymore. We also have podcasts available. You can download the, the message right there. Listen to it on your way to work. Listen to it while you uh, exercise, whatever it is. But two weeks ago, we talked about humility. And I, I emphasize this because today we are going into the fear of the Lord. And I don't think you can, you certainly cannot understand the fear of the Lord until you understand the biblical premise of humility. Um, and, uh, and we really, we, we drilled that in. We talked about Job, if you remember, and his friends who uh, spent 40-some chapters arguing back and forth about things. And at the end of it, um, Job says this in 42. He says, you ask, he's, he's talking to God now. You asked, who is this who conceals my counsel with ignorance? Surely I spoke about things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak when I questioned you you will inform me. I had heard rumors about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I take back my words and I repent in dust and ashes. This is the picture of humility. We, we live in a culture that is very quick to jump into our opinions and we're gonna throw them out there, right? Because we honestly believe, we believed a lie that when I get stirred up and angry and passionate about something, that's my green light to be used of the Lord to be an agent of change. And that's not true. Because as you know, every week you're told to be stirred up and passionate and angry about a completely different topic. And now you don't always take that bait. But the truth is, it's okay to get stirred up. It's okay, especially about unrighteous things. It is great to be stirred up. But that actually isn't your go sign to now be the one, the anointed one, to go make the change. Not until you lay down before the Lord with everything in humility and say, Lord, I, may, I don't want to speak about things that I don't know about. I humbly submit to you. You're God. I'm not, I need your wisdom. I need your counsel. Humility, folks, keeps you relying on God. Constantly. You could be a PhD in amazing things, but if you don't maintain a humility in that toward the Lord. I am a brain surgeon. I know I'm Dr. Strange. I know all the greatest brain surgery things. But the truth is, if I, I, and it's good to study. It's good to be a, amazing at that. But if I can be amazing and I still maintain humility, God will use me to do even greater things. But if I reach the end of myself, if, I, if, I, if I'm dependent on myself, full of pride, I'm going to find myself and be very, very disappointed. Humility will get you the furthest. Amen? This is your call. Uh, Philippians 2.3, this is still review. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. There's your green light. So I'm stirred up and I'm passionate about the latest thing I'm supposed to be angry and passionate about. 
until I find myself in the Lord considering others above myself in it. I better just zip my lips because I'm about to rail against things I don't fully understand because there is a God who created everything and he is not me. Amen? He's not you. Amen? You all say, you said much louder when I said he wasn't me. He's not you. Amen? There is a God. He knows everything. He is the all-sufficient one. You are not all-sufficient outside of him. Until you find Jesus Christ and fully submit your life to the lordship of him. Like literally, he is the lord of my life. He's the king of my life. There's no area in my life where I'm Lord Andrew. Because that area where I'm Lord Andrew, I'm about to fall hard. I'm about to, I'm about to be humbled big time. Because I've not submitted it to the Lord Almighty. I also mentioned that we, we've believed in our, ourselves so much thanks to, uh, thanks to our culture. Oh, you're amazing. You're the greatest. You're the best. Just keep telling yourself. Look in your mirror and say, you are a skilled metal worker. You're amazing. Like this is, the cult, this is what we're told. And, and, and there is part truth in that because God made you amazing. He gifted you in ways you could never be gifted on your own. And so there is truth in that. But if I don't acknowledge the source and say, God, Again, I'm in big trouble because you will start to stomp on others and, and take advantage of others in the areas you feel amazing in. And our focus has always been on others. That's what Jesus modeled, right? 1 Peter 5, 7, 5, verse 5 and 7. And all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God resists... Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't let this slide by. God resists the proud. I like the, the version that says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What is this literally saying? That when I'm, when I'm full of pride and self-sufficiently, I find an enemy in God. I, I'm, the, I'm the greatest. I'm about to take this world by storm. And God's like, I'm your enemy right now. You're so great, huh? But and it's not that he doesn't love us. He's like, you need to acknowledge my greatness and lean not on your own understanding. Continually be humble and, self, and reliant on the Lord only. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. I'm trying to speed up because I'm, I'm going to unleash a storm of verses on you today. And so if you have a pencil or a pen... You better get that thing out. But the truth is, these are all things that the, the Bible says over and over. Those who fear the Lord and all these amazing promises, like mind-bending, mind-blowing promises. But if you're proud, all of those promises find God in opposition towards you. You might have to re-listen to this message. One of, uh, one of the unique... And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's experienced this, but as a pastor, I've been, I've been uh, in ministry for over 20 years now, and, uh, and I love people, and I love walking with people, and, and honestly, I believe, and I think other people would testify, that, that grace is one of my spiritual giftings. Like, honestly, nothing you say will shock me. I will love you. I'll sit with you, and, and I, I, won't, I won't push you aside. I honestly, I love, I love people, and, and I'm, not, I'm not into the game of kicking you out or anything. I just, I love people. 
But, uh, but I'll be honest, one of, the, one of the hardest things that I've experienced in, in my time in ministry, I know 20 years isn't that much compared to some, some of the others, but with, is walking with people, walking with young people, old people, whatever, and walking them through all sorts of pain, addiction, relationship struggles, uh, uh, just dumb decisions, all that stuff, and seeing them walk into a freedom and a, and, and from that. And then you celebrate with them, and seven months later, they're right back into it. Or a year later, or two years later, and there's nothing more heartbreaking as a pastor than, than seeing people in, in that. Um, I met with somebody recently who, who uh, has completely been transformed. <laughs> and I'm like, I, need to, I, I, th- I don't understand this guy. I need to meet with him and ask him what was the difference. Um, and so I met, with, I met with this guy, and I won't, I won't share his name. And, and, uh, and, and he shared with me a lot of stuff, but he also shared with me this one resource. Um, and uh, I want to give you just a quick revelation from that resource because as i I'm, I'm reading and going through uh this this material and i'm like wow this is so good and i want to read this to you um this is written by a counselor who had spent his life literally working in the depths and the throes of people who are caught in addiction and and he he, he said people would come through my program and they've gone through seven other help programs they've been they've been a lifetime in counseling and and he said after so many years of doing this and he he saw a very very few people maintain change on the other side and he he got really desperate he's like lord what on earth is the problem here like the these folks like they're putting all these like he's like i'm teaching them to put these amazing practices in their life they, they, they're, they're going to church every Sunday. They're reading the Bible every day. They are, they're, they're staying away from the substances. And they do really great. And then six months later, boom, they're right back into all the other things. Even though they're maintaining a very hard self-discipline. And so he went before the Lord and he said, Lord, what is it? Why, what, is the, what is the issue here? And he says this. This is what he felt the Lord speak to him. And I'm going to quote it for you. Just read it out of here. It says, if there is no birthing of an addiction-free person within the heart, there will be no transformation. I'll explain that, and I'll read it one more time. If there's no birthing of an addiction-free person within the heart, there will be no transformation. And he goes on and he says this, if we do not experience transformation, it is because we don't really want it. What we really want is to avoid the consequences of our behavior. In other words, most people going to these programs or meeting with this counselor, he said, at the heart of it, they found pain and they wanted God, and we they were praying, God, God, spare me and heal me of these consequences, of the pain that I'm in. Heal, forgive my consequences, transform my consequences, but at the core, there isn't a change in repentance of belief, a rebirthing, of being born again we still think we know best we still think our decisions weren't that bad at the very beginning and and uh and so when life gets free of pain and i walk a little wise free of pain i have the right disciplines i'm reading the word and all of that but then i i arrogantly go back to the same decisions and the same path that led to the devastation in the first place why because in other words never really acknowledge that i am wrong I'm completely wrong. I need, to, I need to be born again. 
born again from my lofty opinions, from my worldview, from my beliefs, from whatever it is. I have to be born again and actually completely made new, transformed, not clinging to anything old. Jesus said in John 3, 3, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he's talking to the Pharisees, these people who were more disciplined than anyone, who memorized the entire scripture, and they still weren't getting the kingdom. They weren't understanding the revelation. And he's like, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom. What is being born again? I have to die. I have to die. Folks, this is the core of humility. There are, there, are there areas in your life you have clung to and you haven't died? Because if you haven't died and literally said, I'm completely wrong, I'm 100% wrong, I'm dead, and your ways are better than mine, I repent, I'm wrong, it's humble. And I'm always in this, I'm always going to cling to humility and look to you, not to myself. This is, this is what actually makes you born again. Not recycled, but completely made new. Died and rose again. This is the heart of baptism. This is the heart of what Jesus came, his message. Die and rise again in me. A new creation. Get low, get humble. And not just to remove the pain. The pain always pushes us to, towards the Lord. But if all my prayers, Lord, heal me because I, I'm in pain. Right? Would you heal this pain? And I'm not going to let him to the root of it. To actually die to the, whatever that root is. I haven't really humbled myself. I'm only, I'm only a little child screaming out in pain. I need, some, I need some medicine. And the Lord says, I want to heal this, which is causing this. And yes, the Lord often heals this pain. And he's like, can we work on this? And you're like, no, I'm good now. And he's like, come on. Die to yourself. To live is Christ. You must be born again. You're not, you don't go to heaven unless you're born again. You don't find kingdom, transformation, revelation, change in your personal life, in every area of your life, in your eating, in your relationships, in all of these things, unless I die, literally die to myself and say, my way is garbage, Jesus. I need your way. I repent. I want to be born again here. I keep going back to food as my, as my numbing of choice. Keep going back to whatever it is. Create a new person. Be born again. This isn't even my, my main point, but I really feel like it's important that we get this because this is the heart of humility. And then I remain lifelong reliant on God, not myself. So I never get to this point where I'm so confident in my self-discipline because self-discipline without transformation becomes a slavery. And you can, you can hold on to that. You can self-discipline yourself for six months to a year. You can. That's the crash diet. But until I change the reason why I'm eating all this food, I will continue to go back to it. Okay, this isn't a, this isn't a seminar. I'm, I'm moving on. But what I need to do here with the time remaining, this humility, this com complete reliance on the Lord, this is at the heart of what it is to be a believer. Do you call Jesus the Lord of your life? You can say amen, do you? Amen. Then you know what? He wants to be Lord of your life. That's everything in your life. Of your thoughts, of your entertainment, of your, of your marriage, 
of your relationships, of your time online, of whatever it is. He wants to be Lord of that. And, and he wants to be the king. Oh, how dare he? <laughs> he wants to be the king of your political worldview. He wants to be the king. He came to show you the right way. And this is humility. And the truth of the matter is, this is what the fear of the Lord is. Chuck, uh, I, actually, actually, two weeks ago, I ended with Proverbs 22.4. I read it in a different version. And Chuck pointed this one out to me in the NIV. Uh, and it really sums it up. If we're talking about the fear of the Lord. It says this. Humility is the fear of the Lord. <laughs> I know that's really simple. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches, honor, and life. I'm not going to get riches, honor, and life by wanting riches and honors and life. I, the, the, the blessings come by fearing the Lord and submitting to his lordship and always looking to him. I shared the example of the, the, the bee, the wasp in the room. If I'm in, if I'm in my bedroom and I know there's a wasp in there, I'm constantly keeping my eye on it, right? Because, because I have a reverence for it. I don't want to get stung. And I know that may be a little bit of a negative connotation, but this is the, this is the life of a believer. In, in all my ways, I'm acknowledging him. All my ways, no matter what it is. I'm going on vacation. I'm acknowledging the Lord in it. I don't compartmentalize it out of any part of my life because that's pride. Humility is I'm always acknowledging the Lord. Keeping, that's fixing my eyes on Jesus, isn't it? That's the fear of the Lord. Now, I want to preface this next section because... Uh, I'm about to unleash the storm on you, and it, but it's, it's a great storm. And you're going to be, you're going to be tempted to say, oh, here, he, here this pastor goes, another, another bless me message from the pastor. Okay, I'm just reading the Bible here. And, and I'm not saying that you're owed these, any of this. There is a catch. You have to fear the Lord. You have to fear the Lord honestly and truly in all these areas. But then I want to show you what the Bible says. And I don't have time to even unleash the entirety of what the scripture says on it. In fact, I'll try later in the week to post on our Facebook page all these verse references because it would, it would do you well to study them one by one. Um, and I know we don't have writing utensils right now and all of that. But, but I want to go through what the Bible says about the fear of the Lord. And did you know that Jesus modeled and feared the Lord? How does that work? He is the Lord. And yet in his weakness as a human, he modeled what it is to fear the Lord. I read in Isaiah this morning, this wasn't even supposed to be part of the message, but it, it, it's talking about the, 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 uh, the shoot from the stump of Jesse that will come up. It's a prophecy about Jesus in Isaiah. And it says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. It goes on to say, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. That's Jesus. He modeled the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit always leads you to the fear of the Lord. You know you're not in the right spirit when you're not fearing the Lord. If you start really feeling pride and arrogant, that's not the Holy Spirit speaking. He points to the fear of the Lord. All right. Fear of the Lord. This is the lightning round. Ding, ding, ding. Pencils ready. Uh, I already read this one, but I'll read it one more time. We'll start with Proverbs 22, 4. And what I want you to do if you have something to write with, because I don't have time to go into all the details of all of these things, what, does the, what is the Holy Spirit pointing out to you when I read these verses? 
Like, because he has the ability to speak to you one thing and to me another thing and all, like, all of us together the same thing. It's so amazing. That's why you can read the word over and over and the Holy Spirit will be like, you never saw that before, right? So I'm going to read this to you um, in, in no particular order. I didn't do these based on anything. We'll see how many we can get through with, with the next 10, 15 minutes, all right? Proverbs 22.4, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches, honor, and life. The wages of the fear of the Lord. There's, there is a, there's wages that the Lord pays out when, those pe- when you humble yourself and fear him. But a pastor, I thought wealth is a sin. It sure can be, yeah. But not if you're fearing the Lord. It's just a tool then. It's just a resource. I, I, this is why the Lord also warns us so strongly against the love of money, against giving my life over to pursuing money, because that's no, not fear of the Lord. I fear the Lord. I look to him, and he provides. He takes care of, of, of your finances if you fear him. Honor! Honor, this is a big one. That's it. Honor comes when I fear the Lord, not when I demand my rights. How many times do we hear, you better res- you ought to respect me? And we try, to, we try to demand respect from those around us. We try to demand honor from those around. That never works. But when I fear the Lord humbly, a natural byproduct, a wage, a wage of it is you'll find honor. Life, well, aren't we all alive? No, we're not. Breathing on oxygen on planet Earth does not make you... And anybody who's found freedom in Jesus can tell you there is this, oh God, I'm alive for the first time ever! If you've never experienced that, do you realize salvation has to come with humility? Like, it requires you to be like, God, I'm wrong. And when you honestly come before him, you will find life. It's the Zoe life, abundant life that he breathes into you. And it's just, it's a taste of what eternity is going to be like. I can't even, I can't even begin to tell you, 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 unless you've found humbly Jesus Christ, you've not really found life. Let him be Lord of your life. All right, we got to keep going. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. I love this one. I love this one. Protection and deliverance. Now, uh, Zeb and I, a couple of times, we've gone, we've, we've kayaked out Mount Baker Lake across to where nobody is, and when you get up, when you're about to get in the water, there's these signs, and it says, watch out for bears. There's bears everywhere, and so... We, we, we paddle over there, we set our hammocks up in the woods, and uh, we stay the night in the, in the hammocks. And we're doing it again this summer for those of you who want to come with us. But I'll tell you, the first time we did it, I saw that sign and all I could think, there's bears. <laughs> there's bears. And, uh, and so, okay, I had my flashlight, I actually had a gun with me and I'm sleeping under my pillow. And, and I'm, I'm sleeping with one ear open, and I, it's the middle of the night, the fire had gone out, and that's when you really get scared. Because you know, if you're, as long as you're in the encampment of the fire, you feel pretty safe, right? But the fire goes out. And last year, or two years ago when we did it, I made Josiah sleep on the far outside. So, <laughs> But it's the first time we did it. I hear this in the bushes. And I'm like, ah! I have my flashlight out. And I'm like, ah! and there's this, there's this deer right there. And I'm like, oh, I was scared to death. But how many know that when you're outside the encampment, you're in big danger? What does the Bible say? The angel of the Lord encamps around. He's he's the outside hammock. (laughs) He's the outside hammock in your life if you fear him and if you'll stay in the encampment. 
and he'll deliver you from those bears. You don't even need the gun. He's the light of the world. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. All right, I'm going to keep going. We, we may get through a number. This is great. Psalm 34, 9. Fear the Lord, you, his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. They lack nothing. Well, this is a prosperity message. I'm just reading the Bible. Honestly, I'm just reading the Bible. And I'm not, I didn't cherry pick out verses about, about provision and about, I didn't do that. I just did a word search and I put in the, the verses as they came. Those who fear the Lord lack nothing. I'm only lying here because I lack the strength to stand. But then again, there's my Princess Bride reference. Do you, do you feel like there's a lack of, of friendship, relationship? It's not just a money thing. A lack of confidence, a, 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 a lack of joy. Those who fear the Lord lack nothing. This is the thing, when I go low, I find everything. When I stay low, I find everything. Some of us go low only to puff ourselves up all of a sudden. And we walk right back outside the camp. i got to keep going. Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3. Jen, you're doing a great job. She's got so many verses to click through here today. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. I, this, is, this is great, parents. Listen. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Again, I'm not picking these out so that you all think you're going to be money bags, people. But I'm telling you, the scripture's clear here. It's way better than a $1,400 stimmy, all right? The fear of the Lord goes a lot further than, than, than any stimulus the government's going to give you. It's an enduring provision. It's an enduring provision. Do you have a heart for posterity for your kids, for your grandkids to see the goodness of God, to know Jesus, to make that their priority in their life? Fear the Lord. That's where you start for yourself. Fear the Lord. Stay humble in him because there's a promise here that passes on to the next generation. Their children will be mighty in the land. Do you have a heart for the next 10, 20, 30 years or do you have a heart for the next 100 years? The, the biblical godly perspective has a heart for the generation and the generations. That's the fear of the Lord. It's not just about me. I'm going to die. But I'll truly live even then. But there will be others that will carry the mantle of the gospel and I need to live for them. I fear the Lord for them. And I add to that Proverbs 14, 26. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children it will be a refuge. Oh, that's powerful. Oh, God. You fear the Lord, it is providing a refuge for your children. Luke 1.50. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Mercy for you. you, you anyone need some mercy from the Lord? Mercy is not getting what you deserve, <laughs> what's coming to you. That's mercy. When you fear the Lord, even the punishment is protective. That's called mercy. When I rely on him, oh God, I, I, I lean not on my understanding. I love you. 
Pride, as I said, is a mercy blocker. Lord, like, I want to extend my mercy, but you think you're so self-sufficient in this. And he's like, I'm trying to protect you, but you keep walking outside the camp. Psalm 103, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep pushing through here. 103, verse 11. Are these good? Yes. Are you being blessed by the word of God today? Yes. Psalm 103, 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That's good. Love. Oh, love, love, love. Psalm 103, 13, that's two verses later. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Psalm 25, 14. I like this one a lot. Because I like when people go, hey, did you hear about this? All right? Probably too much, but it says this. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Imagine this. You're, you're in a position because you're walking in humility, constantly watching the Father and everything you do, and he's like, hey, let me tell you what I'm about to do. Let me, let me let you in on this because I can trust you. Do you want to be the Lord's confidant? Fear the Lord. That's good. Oh, I love that. Oh, this is making me happy. I hope you're being blessed. All right. Psalm 33, 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. He sees you. He's constantly, oh, look at my, look at, look at my child. Fearing the Lord. I'm keeping, I'm moving on. Psalm 85, 9. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Amen. Here's one for those of you who are hungry and, and waiting for brunch. Psalm 111.5. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. That sounds yummy. Psalm 145, verse 19. Now this is a good one. This is an important one. They're all good. They're all important, but I just like this one. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. The world's going to tell you this. Run after your desires. Run after your heart's desires. And you'll find it's going to be amazing. Work hard for your desires. There's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing, hard, there's nothing wrong with even going after your desires. But if you're doing that minus the fear of the Lord, you're going to find a mouth full of gravel. But if you fear the Lord, if your eyes are on him, the desires of your heart, sometimes we can't even articulate the true desire, the deep desire of our heart, and we try to fill it with the things that we'll put, put in place there. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm still empty. But the Lord says, if you fear the Lord, those desires, they're going to be fulfilled without you even having to do it. You're going to find yourself in the right situation. You're going to find yourself in the right moment. You're going to find yourself, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even have asked for this, but all of a sudden something that you never expected happens, and you're like, wow, that really hit the spot. And, and so many people in this world are running and spinning and wasting their life trying to hit the spot, but it's really found when you fear the Lord. Here's another good one, Psalm 1.5. I got a lot more, I, I won't do them all, but I'm, I'm going to keep going for a couple more minutes. Psalm 147, 11, the Lord delights in those who fear him. He delights in me. 
He smiled. Oh, you want to delight the Lord, bring a smile to his face? Fear the Lord. Humble yourself before him in all that you do. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. What? What about the word that says, in this world you will have trouble? But fear not, I have overcome the world. You forget that part. You forget that. But the Bible is saying here that even, even those troubles of the world will find themselves dampened when you fear the Lord. This is the Bible, folks, and we'll find life. Malachi 4.2. Pastor John prayed for, for physical healing today. I've got a verse for you. But those who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping like calves led out to pasture. Moo! <laughs> like, some of you got to leap like cows. You know, if we were in the city, maybe we wouldn't understand this, but these, this is the promise. When you fear the Lord, it will move you. <laughs> that one just came to me. That's for free. Second service may not get that one. Psalm 128, 1 through 4. I think I have time for three more. Well, I, got, I got more, and I'll post these later. But Psalm 128, 1 through 4. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Oh, you ever worked and worked and it seems to slip through your hand? When you fear the Lord, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. You, hey, honey, this one's for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Okay, let's move on quickly. Your children will be like olive shoots. Josiah, where are you at? Around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. Psalm 31, 19, how abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Like the Lord, the Lord wants to bestow, he's like, I can't even go into it, good things, and I'm going to bestow them on you in front of other people. Psalm 25, 12 through 13. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they shall choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. Here he goes again. This is the Bible, not me. Proverbs 10, 27. And this one, this one reminds me of, of Everett McKinney last week. Proverbs 10, 27. A man who walks fearfully before the Lord. The fear of the Lord adds length to life. I could go on and on. The other promises, he'll give you the fountain of life. You will prosper. You will be rewarded. You'll receive wisdom. You will, you will, he will give you life and peace. God will write about you in his book of remembrance. These are all promises to those who fear the Lord. In fact, there's so many it can be exhausting keeping up with the promises of the Lord. Stephanie, I'm going to have you come. I'd like to try, I'd like to, just play through the, the, I don't know if it was the bridge of that, the brand new song we did. It just went, there was an anointing on there that really, really went with what the Lord is speaking here today. Um, they say pride cometh before a fall. That couldn't be more right. So bow our heads today. I just want to give, give the Holy Spirit moment here. 
to point out to us individually anywhere that we have not died to ourself, we have not feared the Lord in. And I want to give us space here as Stephanie sings through this song again, give us space to repent and say, oh God, I go low, I go low, forgive me. Birth in me a new person here. Not that we're going after all these blessings that I just, these are just the fruit of when you fear the Lord and make him Lord. And so Father, you are the great shepherd. If, there, if there's ways in us that we've not submitted, Lord, we ask you now. Be magnified from the 
altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. I don't know about you, but I couldn't write down those verses fast enough in my cell phone. (laughs) The promises that God has for us, if we just choose him, if we just make the choice in our heart to say, Jesus, we trust you. We give you our, our life. We lay our life down for you. Look at the abundant life that we get in return. So I hope those verses just penetrated your heart this morning and that you are reminded of those and that you you think about those this week and all the weeks to come that know that that is your free gift for just simply saying yes to Jesus and having your eyes and your heart fixed on him. Jesus, I thank you for the word that was spoken today. I thank you for the changed life I thank you for abundant life that we get to have through you and your sacrifice, Lord. I pray that we are believers who have our eyes and our heart fixated on you every single day. Lord, that we are reminded of the goodness that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for church this morning. There are some ways that you can give either online. There's a texting option. There is a basket in the back. But we just want to say it was great seeing you. It was great doing life together with you today, whether it's online or here in person. But we are excited for the season that God has us in. Amen. There is work to be done. And more is coming, church. More is coming. So I pray that you have a blessed afternoon, a blessed week, and we will see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.